The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Steelers Outpost Podcast, a proud member of the Sports Drink Network. This is Nick coming to you from the mobile studio once again, and happy Tuesday, everybody. We've won the Super Bowl. We did it. We won it. We won the Super Bowl. Maybe, maybe not the Super Bowl of the NFL, but the Super Bowl of the heart, because Ben Roethlisberger's last game at Heinz Field is something I will never forget, and I said it instantly after it finished and the feeling has not diminished today that is right up there with Super Bowl wins for me as a Steelers fan and I want to tell you why and I'm being completely genuine in that especially insofar as I have been thinking about this that I've been preparing for this day for a long time especially a couple years ago during the killer bee eras when maybe my childish um uh, inability to control my emotions whatsoever with the Steelers was at its peak. Actually, I don't know. I think it was a really long peak. But either way, want to get into talk about how freaking awesome it was to see Ben get a hero's send off. It was like something out of Lord of the Rings or, you know, whatever. Name your epic movie. It was unbelievable. I want to talk about that. I'll touch on the game because there were some cool things that happened there, I guess. But once again, there's nothing, not a lot to analyze with this team until you get into the offseason. Uh, the things that I will analyze are the encouraging spots of Akilah Witherspoon, Najee Harris, uh, LeGlue, and some of these pieces that you're seeing. Um, well, maybe these guys are, are good players for next year. Maybe, obviously, Najee's a star, but maybe some of these other guys aren't starting players, but there were hints of of promise for the Steelers during the game. But first things first, let's talk about Benjamin. Spotify Green Room. It's a live audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and easy to use. You can talk to fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. And you can trash talk Ravens fans. You can talk about Ben's greatest highlights. PFT commenter put a, a best Ben scramble drills video up on Twitter. Maybe you go talk about that. You can actually link your Twitter account to Spotify Greenroom and talk to other fans, athletes, executives, and insiders in real time, which is really cool. All you need to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app for free in the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. I thought that send-off was as genuine of a moment that you could ever see in sports. It is so rare for a hero of a city, a sports hero, 18 years, two Super Bowls, three appearances, first ballot Hall of Fame, one of the top 15 quarterbacks in the history of the game, pretty much slam dunk in my opinion. And a guy 
who really embodied the spirit of the city he played in in Pittsburgh with his grit and his unconventional, his unconventional nature. And, you know, honestly, of course, his ability to, to improve and to battle back from personal things or on the field things. And he is so intrinsically linked with the Steelers. That's so cool. But usually you don't even get the opportunity to say bye. Like, Tom Brady, they didn't even know it was his last game at Foxborough when it was. Uh, Kobe's really the only other example. Even every other player, there's Drew Brees, there's still this, like, well, he'll announce his retirement after the season. And so, first off, just to even have the opportunity to see that for Ben was massive. And to see how genuine this is, and you're almost never, you actually, like, literally never going to see such a massive group of people have such a genuine and sincere interaction. And you also have to think about it from the fact that think about game of Thrones, right? Now, if you're like me, you jumped on at, at like right before the last season and just binge the whole thing. So you could catch up to it and be part of the fervor for the last and ultimately piece of garbage season. But there's, there are other people like I have friends who were watching that thing for years. I don't know if it was a decade that the show was on TV, but something like that, I believe. And the way that that show went was so well-written and it's so patient that it, it's, I wouldn't say it feels realistic, but the payoffs are so enormous because they've been slowly and patiently weaving this tale that, you know, the, the, the payoff should be absolutely massive. Now it wasn't, but... That's also what resulted in some of the anger. Is like, could you imagine getting that far into the thing and not getting a good payoff and actually getting a crappy payoff? But there's a similarity here in a way that's magnified times a thousand with Ben Roethlisberger. 18 years as the quarterback, massively underappreciated and really hated on by the rest of the population outside of Pittsburgh. Some of that justified, some of it not after a, you know, a, great whatever resume for the, for his adult life here, whatever. I'm not going to get into all that, but it is the truth. And it's a big part of why last night was so special for a guy who's constantly getting crapped on by everybody around you. Even when he does something good, somebody has to comment underneath of it, some something, you know? So when you think about it, Ben was the quarterback for my favorite team, my obsession. I'm not into the Steelers. I'm obsessed with the Steelers. I'm obsessed with Steelers uh, with football. I use football as a microcosm for my life. I'm able to put it in perspective of like, yeah, it is just a game and whatever, of course, obviously. But there are real life football things that have changed my life. Like watching Antonio Brown's work ethic on social media and seeing him post workout videos in the middle of the night. Like that helped me when I was in the middle of tasks or goals that seemed impossible to reach and to just have an unstoppable work ethic and an ability to have a smile while you did it. And like a confidence and a swagger. Like I have, I applied that stuff that AB used to do. He had a pretty big weekend, right? <laughs> to my own life is significant. Ben Roethlisberger's legacy, which I'll talk about more, especially when I finally sit down and write his Hall of Fame speech, which I've been preparing for for many years. I'll talk about this more, you know, in future episodes. This is just the first reaction. But Ben's refusal to quit in games is it has been tremendous for my life, especially when he fights back from such bleak circumstances. Like even when you saw it against the Vikings the other week when the Steelers almost completed the biggest comeback of all time or something like that, 
You know, the Jaguars one that fell short, but it didn't fall short because of him. Uh, you know, countless comebacks that we've seen throughout the the years. Um, and I'll get into more of that later. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that this stuff is meaningful. I think especially for Steelers fans. And there's other, there's other great fan bases, but the tradition and the lore of the Steelers and the city they come from and what it means to that city is a whole other thing. So Ben being there at the end of this story that has been – woven for two decades where he was the quarterback when I was in middle school. He was the quarterback throughout my entire tenure in high school. That is a lifetime. Those four years in high school, the friends and experiences that shaped my life for the rest of my life. He's the quarterback the whole time. He's the quarterback for my entire tenure in college as well. Another four years, another lifetime of experience. Then he's the quarterback for my whole eight years in Houston. So far, this guy has been the quarterback forever. And the entire time he's been this guy, I remember driving home, my dad driving us home from um, a CYO basketball game when the Steelers were playing the Colts in that famous game where they ended up, you know, upsetting the best Peyton Manning Colts team of all time. And we had to miss the kickoff, but we had an old school, like, it's not a ham radio, but it's like a portable tiny television with a giant antenna. It took batteries and, you know, barely worked or whatever. But my mom had it, the game on the sideline to this game. And right when the game ended, it ran over there. And we walked together to the car just watching the game on this tiny old school TV. Like the technology has changed. We'd be watching it on an iPhone now. I've watched Ben on an iPhone many times. But I remember that. I remember the hole I put in my closet wall later that day when Jerome fumbled on the one-yard line. But either way... I'm sure, like me, a lot of y'all's life's lives flashed in front of your eyes last night when Ben was going through that ceremony. And you saw how emotional he was. That was really touching. The uh, I got to try and not get choked up during this podcast because I can't lie. I was, uh, I was in it last night in a beautiful way, but I was incredibly emotional. And I, I always knew I'd be emotional. I've been preparing for this moment for a long time because while I will always be a fan of the Steelers, dad and I will always watch the Steelers forever. Nothing will shake that. There were times in my life when I wondered, like, man, am I a bigger Ben fan than, like, a Steelers fan? And, uh, of course, I wouldn't put it that way, but just he's, he is something separate to me while at the same time being intrinsically linked. And I grew up playing quarterback, and that's my uh, love for the game was, was really through that. Uh, lens and uh, so he just means a lot to me that way and extremely emotional last night extremely emotional today a number of times I started tearing up during the day and it's because I was so happy that that he got his moment and you could clearly see how much he cared based on how emotional he was you could see how much his teammates cared how much Tomlin cared in the press conference where he seemed even a little emotionally drained and obviously you saw how much the fans cared Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Ben. Over and over again. Over and over again. It was unbelievable. And for him to get swarmed by like a crowd of people at the end and slowly walk out there, return to that bench where they took the stupid picture of him all sad after the Browns lost last year, for him to take the little lap around the stadium or half lap or whatever it was and, and high five people, it was I mean, I think they said it on the broadcast. It was like a real rock star ending. And it was 
so beautiful. And I think that you'll see another one of those in the future because, you know, I couldn't give a crap about the other fan bases, but you'd assume if Aaron Rodgers did that or if Drew Brees did that or Peyton Manning did it, like they could have that experience too and their fan base for what they meant to those cities. And um, it's just particularly considering how much crap Ben gets from the world. It was so cool to have one night, one night ever. And by the way, it's gone. Like it's going to go back to normal now. But we had one night where all they did was give him his flowers and, and stripped away everything else and appreciated what an unbelievable story he wrote. What an unbelievably dominant player he was. And it was awesome, man. I've been waiting for that forever. I was really appreciative of how Levy, Greasy, and Riddick, the broadcasters, handled it. They were so respectful of Ben. They even sort of, you know, spun the narrative into his favor while he was walking off the field. They said, Ben Roethlisberger threw 46 passes tonight. He completed 24, threw a touchdown. And, like, they don't say that, you know, the yardage was crazy low. Like, whatever. Like, look, we've been watching the Steelers this year. That's what it is. But they didn't say the yardage was low. They didn't mention interception. They didn't talk about completion. Like, they really understood how much it meant. And you could tell that as fans of football and being in the stadium with that energy that night, they appreciated it, too. And that was cool. So I was glad that we had that because, obviously, you know, a lot of the morning shows this, this morning – Everyone's always got to throw an asterisk on. It's like, dude, just, that's fine. You have years to throw all the asterisks on that you want. But just give us this one damn night and give him this one damn night. And uh, it was incredible. My life flashed before my eyes. So many eras of Ben. You know, the what are the 15-1 and one start or whatever it was, the rookie year. Unbelievable. Th- two Super Bowl titles in the first five years. The way that they won those Super Bowls. Everybody wants to talk crap about how he didn't play well against the Seahawks. And honestly, it wasn't even quite as bad as everyone says. When you look back, there's a couple 50-yard plays that Ben Roethlisberger makes that turn the tide of the game. So, I mean, it wasn't nearly the Jimmy Garoppolo or Jared Goff performances that we've seen from people. But... People forget that that playoff run, he was dominant. They were a running team the whole year, and they used the element of surprise, especially when they went in there and played Peyton Manning and just threw with Ben, and he threw it all over the field. Go back and watch the highlights. It seems dated from all the eye formation, <laughs> but it doesn't in terms of, oh, my God, this guy's throwing piss missiles all over the place. It's amazing. Cardinal Super Bowl, only quarterback to win the Super Bowl with the worst freaking offensive line in the league. It was a one-man effort at a lot of points. They gave the MVP to San Antonio, which to me is bullcrap. So many other, like I love San Antonio, but so many other quarterbacks get MVP in this situation that Ben did. Um, but, you know, it wasn't like he was the best player on the team there, but he was the he's the only guy that can make that happen. I mean, they had an all-star defense and a terrible offensive line with no run game, and the guy made it happen, then – you know, fell short against the Packers with a similar sort of situation there, but got them back again, played with a broken nose, all kinds of things. And then to, to consider, like, during all that time, he wasn't even in his prime yet. It didn't come till the Killer B years where we got to see the consecutive 500 or the consecutive 600, um, well, six touchdown games 
500 yards, their unbelievable comebacks. And even before that, perhaps even my favorite Ben Roethlisberger memories are the first two years of Todd Haley. Um, first year being the young money crew receiver thing. Second year being AB's breakout and, and Le'Veon joining the team. And the Steelers were went 0-4 to start the season. They lost it to Minnesota in uh, the United Kingdom or England or whatever the hell they call it these days. I'm a moron. They lose them over there in heartbreaking fashion. Ian Rappaport spreads a rumor that Ben is going to ask for a trade. Ben comes right out there and kicks him in the damn throat and says, no, I'm not. I'm never leaving, never giving up. And what does he do? They go 7-1 over the second half of that season to get to 8-8. Eight and eight. And Ryan Suckup, the kicker for, I believe, the Chiefs at the time, was playing in a separate game, and he missed like a 32-yard field goal chip-in that if he had made it, it would have swung the standings so that the Steelers actually would have made the playoffs. So in my mind, Ben really fought them back to make the playoffs. And that was really when Ben turned for me into becoming a symbol of not giving up. And then, of course, the, the, the most joyous time is watching them with the killer bees and, and just throwing the ball through the air. And, and then now there's this, this, uh, this ending, which does sort of remind me of Kobe Bryant. Like the skills have diminished, but the team around him has diminished tremendously. And he has clearly chilled out. He's, he's, sort of saw that the ride was coming to an end and there's a little bit of grace uh, the way that he handled it. Look, I'm not going to paint him like a total saint or they handled every uh, every situation perfectly, but he definitely, it's amazing to see where he started and where he is now. And I could ramble all day about this and probably will in some future podcasts, but I was just so excited. That was so meaningful. When you see that, ceremony basically that occurred last night it's not even about wins and losses it's about like 18 years of your family and your or whoever you share football with and your own life and where you were and the Steelers always being a constant during that time and Ben Roethlisberger in particular being a constant during that time and the fact that you knew you could always count on him uh, he would never give up I mean, two games in his career where the Steelers were out of playoff contention. And uh, again, it's just like this rock-solid thing we had in our lives to escape on Sundays. And then, frankly, abuse on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays as well by looking on Twitter and talking about it and listening to podcasts and recording podcasts and stuff like that too. So it's not just on Sundays. It's just this bedrock. And Ben absolutely is at the heart of it. And it was just so, so cool to see him get that moment and for us to get to experience that moment too. Spotify Green Room. It's a live audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and easy to use. You can talk to fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. And you can trash talk Ravens fans. You can talk about Ben's greatest highlights. PFT commenter put a, a best Ben scramble drills video up on Twitter. Maybe you go talk about that. You can actually link your Twitter account to Spotify Greenroom and talk to other fans, athletes, executives, and insiders in real time, which is really cool. All you need to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app for free in the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. So I almost don't even really know where to go with this thing, but I will say this. I'll probably bookmark some of the Ben stuff because I spent a lot of free time thinking about his career and uh, what he means to the Steelers. And I'd like to put this together in a little bit more of an organized fashion because 
Uh, he's got an amazing story, and I'd like to tell it a little bit more linearly. But when you talk about the game itself and the fact that, hey, the Steelers are actually still in playoff contention, that would be amazing. I mean, of course the next game has to be at the Ravens. That's perfect. Uh, by the way, the Browns suck. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. 26-3-1. There was an awful lot of trash talk about them winning the Super Bowl this year. I thought they'd be better, too. I just didn't think there was any way. You could have the system fall completely in your favor. And so in the fact that if you suck, which you know the Browns do, I'm not being mean. I'm not trying to start anything. You just judge teams on how many games they win, and they usually don't win very many. So that means you suck. They're going to give you the best players and the most amount of money to get even more good players. And you just think that if you have all the best players, you'd be able to win some more games. But, you know, the Browns, you just – you just want to pat him on the head, don't you? Pat him right on the head. Pet, pet, pet. Nice little terrier. We're German Shepherds over here. But it is nice to see you out there yapping at our heels. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? I did think it was cool that Miles Garrett came up to Ben right after there. And, and, and Baker, you know, same thing. Uh, professional, manly moments there. That was cool. But uh, getting away from the Ben stuff for a second, the actual game itself and the playoff implications here, obviously – The Jaguars beat the Colts for the seventh or eighth time in a row, by the way, in Jacksonville. So it's not impossible, baby. If they beat uh, the Colts and the Steelers beat the Ravens, the Steelers are in. Obviously, that's unlikely, but uh, that's not a crazy amount of things to go right. So if it can happen, I will be over the moon. That'll be awesome. We can get the Steelers in the playoffs to drag down the overall quality of playoff football, but maybe they'll drag someone down with them, which will be beautiful. That's all we're trying to do. We're just hell grabbers right now. We're dragging people down to the depths of hell with us, and I love it. Because we gnaw, we gnash, we scratch, we slice, we do whatever we got to do to make our presence known. Oh, the Steelers are going to win three games this year. Yeah, no. They're going to win more than that. They're going to lose more than that, too. (laughs) Yeah, so playoff implications next week at the Ravens. That should be pretty cool. You almost wonder, how the hell do you get up for a game like that after the emotional outpouring of this week. But I actually think that it will be a little bit easier um, with it being on the road. Now, the Steelers don't usually have a lot of success in Baltimore, so that's a little bit of a cause for alarm. But I don't know. Knowing Mike Tomlin, he might be able to swing this into a uh, a positive uh, to, to harness this emotion, right? Um, luck, I, they're lucky that it's the Ravens. Like There's there's emotion that plays in it. If we're the Jets, I'd say the Steelers are losing by 10. For sure, because that would also be sort of a dominant team staple. The emotions really high for one game. It's impossible to get up for the Jets. But luckily, it's the Ravens. We'll see if Lamar plays or he doesn't. It's going to be hard either way. So I think um, the game went basically the way you thought it would. Uh, the Browns browned it. They made so many mistakes. They didn't want to give the ball to Nick Chubb, even though he was running on the Steelers at will. Of course, the Steelers lucked out from that. That's fine. But the Steelers also played with such a significantly higher level of emotion. The Browns never really stood a chance. The Steelers men were just launching themselves off of buildings from the first snap. Cam Hayward said he wanted to uh, play in a way that would reflect how great Ben's career was. And, of course, he did. He had like a sack and four hurries and two deflections. Oh, yeah, I haven't even mentioned T.J. Watt, first ballot Hall of Famer yet. Four freaking sacks. He is one sack away from Michael Strahan's record. It's done. It's going down next week. Whatever you have to do, get TJ that sack record. That will be 
unbelievable. That'd be so cool. He played out of his mind. Steelers sack Baker Mayfield nine times. Baker Mayfield also sucks. I know people say that he's hurt, but uh, unless it's his brain, I don't know why he's throwing the ball right at Steelers defenders instead of wide open guys like Dave and Joker right underneath of him. Uh, that's going to be an issue for the Cleveland Browns going forward there. But the story of the game is Najee Harris. His breakout game and the Lions breakout game. Now, how much of it is the emotion? I don't know. How much of it was Adrian Clem's fault, the offensive line coach? Coach, you had to get him out of there and they played great. How much of it was starting J.D. Hausenauer or J.C. Hausenauer and uh, LeGlue out there over Kendrick Green? Okay, well, that definitely was a piece of it because if you're just watching during the game, Hausenauer did a nice little job and definitely didn't get power-driven as much as uh, Kendrick Green did, and we'll have to monitor that situation. That's been... Very unfortunately disappointing. Let's hold out hope for old Kendrick that he can play guard next year or something. But, yeah, the Steelers' line opened a lot of holes, and Najee Harris showed exactly why he's a first-round running back. I think all great first-round – all first-round running backs, all, like, true first-round running backs, they have something unique about their running style that doesn't look like anybody else's ever. They have a lot of traits that may be in common with somebody, but, you know, the way Alvin Kamara runs versus the way – that Dalvin Cook runs, or you can even take guy, two guys who I think are really similar, Nick Chubb and Jonathan Taylor. But there's always just these little intricacies that make their games unique. And Najee Harris, it just it's fun to watch him because he is – he ran for that 37-yard touchdown, right? Beautiful to seal the game, amazing moment. And somebody pointed out that he outran – who's the Northwestern quarterback? I do not know why I am totally blanking on this because – we got to know his name. He has played incredible against the Steelers both times. He's the first-round pick for the Browns out of Northwestern. Uh, I'm still thinking about Ben, so this is embarrassing. But Greg Newsom nailed it. Yeah, he outran him on that 37-yard touchdown. But I don't know if Newsom's spirit was just broken. But I guess the point I'm trying to make is Najee is uh, he's slow. He's, he's actually not fast. Now, he is sudden. He's quick as hell. But his his speed is – I think he's actually slower than Le'Veon was. So how the hell can you be slow and good? Well, it's because he's one of the strongest running backs in the league. It's unbelievable. His strength and his balance because he gets a bunch of guys riding on his back and somehow just manages to keep a low center of gravity and carry these son of guns for a few extra yards every time. And then his vision, which has always been good – but when you, what you saw last night was maybe a sign of what you see from a lot of rookie running backs at the very end of the years. Oh, he's getting it. He's getting the flow down. He does so many micro cuts, I'd call them micro cuts, tiny little changes of directions and head fakes and stuff like that to be able to set up blockers in the hole and to set up linebackers on the other side of his blockers. He does so many things like that that are so instinctual. So speed is the only thing he doesn't have in his game. Everything else is elite. His power is unfreaking believable. It's not like Marshawn Lynch where there's these super high impact collisions, unless he's stiff arming somebody into the fourth dimension like he did last night. But just when, when you make contact with them, you're not going to bring them down. It's not going to happen. The balance is unbelievable. The vision is incredible. The agility is awesome. And we don't even, uh, we, he's supposed to have good hands. They don't even throw him the ball. Hopefully that's something they bring in uh, to the package next year. But that was awesome. I mean, was that the most Steelers game ever? TJ Watt and, Na- and Najee Harris showing out, giving the Steelers fans hope for, hey, 
there are some dudes here who can make up the next era after Ben's gone. You know, luckily you have Cam Hayward still here to, to bridge the gap a little bit. But those guys are there. You know, bad Deontay showed up at the beginning of the game and then made a really nice, did a really nice job on that touchdown catch. I'm so glad he got that. Ben's last touchdown catch at Hines definitely should be Deontay out of all the guys on this team. That was awesome. And, uh, you know, Claypool, a little bit of a down game. But the defense really stepped it up and they, they found, they just played with so much heart. And to me, that's a testament to Ben and their love for Ben. That's a testament to Pittsburgh, the fans and how electric that place was. And it's a testament to Tomlin because we've seen this many times. We see it multiple times every year. Say what you want, but he can get his teams to play with some serious emotion that makes up for lack of talent. And then I think that we have to be encouraged about Killer Witherspoon, and they're definitely going to have to find a way to bring him back. Is he a full-time starter or not? I don't know. I mean, if he plays like he did last night, he's a full-time pro bowler. It's incredible. Montrevious Adams on the defensive line has looked good. Tuska. On the outside, he looks good. They've got some depth. It's going to be some fun discussions over this offseason because the offensive line is terrifying, but there are a lot of pieces in place for the Steelers. Uh, It's a very unique situation. I think that the game against the Browns showed that there there are some diamonds in the rough potentially or at least some skeletal bones of a good team. And I might be doubling down on this take that I've started to develop over the last few weeks I am really starting to think that the Steelers might want to prioritize signing Juju because I love Deontay as a number one. He can do everything. I, I am really encouraged by Chase Claypool. I know everybody wants to get a deep threat receiver. Of course, that would be extremely useful to get a guy who actually runs 4-3 and can take the top of the defense. But to me, Juju not only is he one of the absolute most reliable Steelers, or not Steelers, one of the most reliable receivers in the league and well-rounded receivers in terms of he has phenomenal hands. He rarely, rarely drops the ball. He can make catches in all different types of situations, which is that, yes, where the Steelers and for two years, we only wanted to use him on crossers, but he's great on fades and even go routes and comebacks. He can catch one-on-one on the sideline, play outside a little bit, but of course we know his best roles in the slot. His run after the catch is spectacular. He's like a Debo Samuel or uh, DJ Moore. He's just not quite as fast as those guys, but he's not slow either, as we've seen by his 97-yard touchdowns and, and long touchdown runs. And so just as a receiver, he's incredible. We always knew that. We've always said that on the podcast. Okay, well, he's amazing, but Deontay has and Chase have the you know the ability to be like, uh, they could be like a Stephon Diggs or a, a Julio Jones type of guy. And We'll see if they get there or they don't. Maybe this inconsistency is just baked into their game, but inconsistency is just, it's the main word for me. They're so inconsistent. Now the sample size is very large. They'll both continue to get better. But beyond all that, it's just the fact that Juju is the most Steeler-like Steeler on the team outside from Cam. And I know there's the TikTok stuff, but maybe Chase Claypool has made everybody appreciate how truly inconsequential this, the TikTok stuff is for Juju. If you're talking about him dancing on the other team's logo, then you don't get to like Joey Porter anymore. Okay, come on, like let's pick our let's pick our battles here, or let's let's apply the same logic to different players. He is freaking tough, dude. I can't believe he missed this season. I didn't even think it was possible for the guy to get injured because he's so durable. He hits so hard, both when he has the ball in his hands and when the ball's not in his hands. And I think especially without Ben here and really not knowing what's going to happen in the quarterback situation, 
if you have Juju, that toughness on offense with Fryermuth and Najee, that is, and if, damn it, if Claypool could just rein in his emotions, you gotta be honest, like, he, the guy does block. He is physical. That is exciting. You can really recreate the Steelers' identity again, which they've done decade after decade. You can turn them into this tough team. We know there's a couple of those guys on defense. Obviously, TJ, you know, Minka, obviously, you'll still have Cam. Who knows what happens to it? But we'll talk more about this in the offseason. But I did not see this as a take that I would have. And uh, the only reason why I mention I'm spending so much time on it right now is because you're thinking of the future after Ben. And how, is the, how does it look? Is the future in good hands? I think there's a good chance that, that it is. Now, I also think there's a good chance after you watch the absolute horror movie that is the Bengals offense and the fact that the Steelers have no chance of stopping it next year and why I think their their strategy next year should be like, all right, we're going to get boat raced by the Bengals twice, but we'll see you in 2023 and we'll be ready by that time. And what I mean is don't worry about getting corners to stop Jamar Chase unless a great one falls in your lap. Just build the damn trenches, build the lines and figure out the rest because maybe you could build the team around these tough guys who are all pretty young uh, on outside of, you know, you know, whatever the guys that we were just talking about. So interesting stuff. You could talk about that game. You could talk about that night every day. I recorded the whole thing. So I'm going to watch it once a week, once a day. We'll see how it goes. We'll get on a schedule for that whole ceremony. That thing was awesome. We'll talk more about it. We'll talk more about Ben's legacy, but I just wanted to get a quick pod out now. What a great, memorable night for the Steelers. And actually, as we close out here, some encouraging things for the future too, which is a nice way to bookend it. Let's hope they have a great game against the Ravens. Let's hope they don't deflate. be nice to see Ben win his final game. And who knows? Maybe it won't be his final game. Maybe they can win this and they can go to the playoffs. But either way, we'll be here to watch it. We'll be here to track it. We'll be here to talk about it. Steelers Outpost on Twitter. SteelersOutpost at gmail.com to get a hold of us. Oh, big shout out. Thank you, Tone Diggs. Uh, Tone Diggs, the resident Steelers fan on Pat McAfee's show. The, uh, a genuine, massive Ben Roethlisberger fan. Um uh, responded to a tweet we put out today, which was awesome, where I had retweeted him talking about the game uh, on the Pat McAfee show. And, you know, McAfee show is hilarious. It's mostly satirical. And Tone Diggs is uh, just one of the biggest jokesters. He's a jokester. He's a jokey guy. He's even funnier than Ian Rappaport. He's one of the jokiest, most satirical guys on the show, constantly in joke form. So when you see him get genuinely emotional about the Steelers, as he did the whole week when they were talking about uh, Ben's last game here, when you see that he is as as big of a Ben Roethlisberger fan as I am, where you can just appreciate the guys, you know, hey, there's, there's issues with him, whatever. But he never has to give that asterisk on the show. He doesn't. He just talks about Ben in the way that he loves him as a Steelers fan. And nobody else on the air does that. So to have it on the biggest football show that, you know, I'm part of my take, to have it on the biggest daily football show is so cool. And I tweeted that out and he, uh, he tweeted right back at us, uh, you know, a little Pablo Escobar, I think, given the cheers, well, the after play Pablo Escobar, given the cheers sign, which is just another element of like, this is so cool, man. Like, you know that you share an experience with someone on the other side of the country who shared the same experience as you for 18 years even though you never met. This stuff is bigger than football. This is cool. This is 
Football's family. Thank you, football. Thank you, Ben. And we'll see you guys next week. Go Steelers. Okay, bye-bye. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.